Welcome to another episode of the Ice Cream Sunday Podcast, episode 30. As always, we got the sexiest man in the room, David Richardson, Fuck yeah. Austin Buckner, Trevor Holda. I am Aaron Schoen, one of the OGs from the original shit. We're episode 30 right now. Set back, relax, enjoy, listen. This is just the tip of some shit that we talked about, some... Neanderthal from the past and bad <laughs> decisions that we all make and just yeah, step back, chill, enjoy it. How the fuck have you been the last uh, like six years? You know, alive, alive, alive. The best, best way I can explain it. <laughs> so I remember a lot of shit happening. So we went to San Antonio. This would have been January 2017. 2017. Yeah. Um, so it would have been January 2018. Shit. So you guys literally came to my house like three weeks before I separated with my, my wife. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The first time the first time I ever met your mom. Correct. Correct. So I remember let's talk about San Antonio. Because yes. I don't think we actually talked about this trip yet on the podcast. So um I I kind of sort served as the glue that kind of held that whole group together. Because I met you and Zach from work. Yeah. I met Trevor in L- or like middle school. Middle school. Right. And then I met John from just doing all, like EFED shit. Online wrestling yeah. efed stuff, and then I met Dustin in in college. So like I was the only one that knew all of the other five people. We go down to San Antonio, and that's the first time that I remember um, like really having like heart to hearts with you. That like shit wasn't like it wasn't going great then in your personal life. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of? that yeah. and then what happened all of what happened after that so leading up to i remember you'd came to me the idea where wells fargo you came to me the idea royal rumble tickets were going on sale that october before yep. and you're like hey let's do this it was just kind of something that was coming you know an idea that we're just thinking about and then all of a sudden it became reality and then i had told my wife at the time even back then what was going down what to expect money wise what have you mm-hmm. had money set aside for it and everything and then her and I had had problems probably for the last couple of years leading up till then where just I mean, we'd been, we were together 20 years and just, I don't, it wasn't like a still loved each other, but didn't weren't near as close or anything. It was like, sometimes she hated to be around me. would rather be around the dog type of thing. I don't know. Just didn't, things weren't well. So then when had went down to San Antonio and, we spent some money, spent some money going to like places like Fogo de Chao and stuff. And she, <laughs> or she called me one night when we were down there in the hotel and I was outside talking to her and she just, just went off and hung up on me. And it was just kind of like, it was like the nail in the coffin. And then when we drove back from Texas, I remember driving Jonathan's van back. The like whole a, trip. Yeah. The, like, yeah. It was like the whole like, length. It was like from 
Waco on, I think, because Jonathan drove, I think, the first two, three hours. And it was like from there on, I, was, I just remember driving and Zach being in the front or everybody else kind of passing out here or there. We stop. And I just remember Zach being my co-pilot. He's directing me where to go and everything. And he's, and I'm just even talking with him, having like little heart to heart talks. And, you know, he, he wouldn't say shit back or whatever, but he was listening. And about the time I got to Kansas City, something clicked. And I was like, I've been with this woman for 20 years and she does not love me as much as I love her. Mm-hmm. Like I w- I'd give my life for this person. I would literally die for this person. And I don't know why it clicked in Kansas city. I don't know why, why it clicked there, but it did. So then we got back that night. We all met at Trevor's and that was the drop off point and everything. Yep. And she was there and she picked me up and it was like, as soon as she picked me up, got in the car to go home. I'm super excited to see her. And of course my daughter and everything, it was just, instant she was pissed and it was just it just snowballed from there i just remember like the drive home it was just it was you it was all it was mostly you like from the time like like our first pit stop on like you drove the entire way yeah Um, i do remember that that was fantastic (laughs) introduced everyone to kolaches but i just remember so i was like one of two things is happening either he is just so like hyper focused and in the zone that he's just going to drive the whole way or he wants to be in the driver's seat so he's not tempted to look at his phone and fucking no. have an argument or a combination of both. I think it was more just wanting to drive drive and just lose my I don't know, yeah. lose my shit out I, there I and just kind of figure myself out. Yeah. And that that was kind of when I came back and I told her I said I think the best thing for me to do is to move out and figure myself out before I can become a better dad, a better husband, a better everything. Mm -hmm. And she thought it was bullshit and it sounded as cliche as it sounded and everything. But I I personally was like, no, this is the, this is the road I need to go. Like I'm not here to run out on my kid. I'm not leaving my kid or anything. Like I'm still here, but it was later going on that she, you know, decided to remove my my kid from my life. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just realize that was the biggest thing. I, I think I've had all this, shit going through my head and that journey that that was that changed my life forever even just that drive that i mean it was like that it literally changed my life forever and just thinking everything processing and all as soon as it clicked it was over it didn't matter i could have got back and she could have had a celebration for me she could have once it clicked that was it yeah it was um it's 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 so weird how like that whole trip uh was centered around this uh this fake sport and then how how these very real friendships and real things came out of that that uh that trip because i mean i could go years without talking to you or talking to to john or really anyone else that went on that trip and like whatever it was whatever happened on that trip like like yeah like you know like in the in the blink of an eye, I just like, hey, we can reconnect, and like it's like nothing ever changed, like you know. So, um, yeah, that trip was uh, definitely life altering for yeah, I think man. all of us, which was and I think so crazy. it was just like we're all out there on the road together, and it's like you got to take care of the people you're with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if this fucking van breaks down on the side of the road, we're all you know we're all gonna be here, and it almost did. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had <laughs> to change so... a flat tire before we even <laughs> got to Des Moines. So, yeah. Um, how, I mean, that was such a good trip, though. Like, it was like, a great trip. Like, regardless of any problems that we had, which were few and far between, I think overall, just like it was just a good experience. We got to do a bunch yeah. of different stuff rather than just 
drive down, watch a bunch of sweaty, muscly men See, grab each other. And that's the thing that I was kind of concerned about the most is because we bought the tickets. But then after everyone paid me back for tickets, we were all fucking broke. And so, like, my concern was that we just we go down and I think we left on a Friday Friday morning, right? And it was like a 15-hour drive, or Friday afternoon, I guess it was. And then we got there on Saturday, like Saturday morning or early Saturday afternoon. We ate at Fogo de Chao. We saw the Alamo. We did the wrestling. NXT. We we did NXT. And then the next day, we basically had to be at the Rumble, like, early after, or late afternoon. Yeah. So we had, like, we ate, you know, and we did stuff like that. But Hold on, hold on. You missed a very key part of that journey. Waffle House. Well, Waffle, Waffle House was before we got there. Yeah, was, but actually in San Antonio, it was like eat, wrestling, sleep. Yeah. Eat, wrestling, <laughs> and then we was, left. I mean, like we sun, Sunday morning at like fed. 3 a.m. is yeah. when we left. So, but in between that, we, we still found a way to like, you know, still hang out. Oh, yeah. Still do yeah, a little bit of absolutely. touristy stuff. Like having two hotel rooms next to each other helped. I mean, yep. it was just even that little bit of time we're there. I mean, it was, yeah, hell yeah. It was, yeah. Dude, it was so good to just like for everyone to get to know everybody. Because like I said, like I was the only one that really knew everyone in the group, and then right. like like Dustin had met. Uh, well, I mean, like you had met like Zach Seward before that, and then obviously we worked right. with him. But like it was, it was just I don't know, it was great, and I and I, I'm sure it was a great uh, experience for you because you're the only one of the six that didn't fucking drive any <laughs> any any like one mile of that trip. Look, if I'm being completely honest, on the way down to Texas, um, you tired, weren't you tired as shit or something? You just got off work, I think it was. I just, just got off tired. work, but I wasn't tired. I faked sleeping for a good portion of that. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. Yeah, because you're, you're watching John Wick or some shit in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> how how quickly after you had gotten back from that trip the, did you did you move out? Was it something that you guys talked about like as soon as you got back? It it literally happened within 48 hours of the conversation. So it was the night that I came back, went home. It was like she, she wanted nothing to do with me. And I asked her, I said, you know, what's up? What's going on? And she'd write, you know, why won't you talk to me? Why don't you look at me basically and it was well I'm, I'm pissed off she was pissed off that i went on the trip she was pissed off how much money i spent but she knew all this six months prior what you know there were there was nothing hidden i even told her i said if it was gonna make her feel better i would have paid for her to come down even separately to be a part of it even though mm-hmm. she didn't want to be a part of it and so then it was I, within i think that next day i told her i said i'm moving out so then as soon as i told her that she went and did like a the legal separation or whatever filed for legal separation. And I told her, I said, I'm not, that's not the road. I was necessarily even looking to go down, not divorce, not anything like that. I was just letting you know that I think I should move out. So then as soon as I said that she kind of kicked in that, that extra high gear of like, okay, well then we're done. And I didn't have, I didn't have the money to move out. So I had to go borrow the money from my stepdad. And that was, that was hard in its own right. So Next thing I know, I'm on the road to Omaha to go borrow money to get into my first apartment and this and this. And it, it was quick. And then I would say the total time that I was there after we got back from the Rumble, maybe like a month, month and a half. And it was pure hell. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that in the beginning was just not going to borrow the money from my mom and them. Like I I, I didn't want to. I wanted to save my own money and do mm-hmm. it yeah. that way. And it just had to... 
you know, eat that, swallow your you, pride. You had said that you weren't thinking about, um, you know, separation. You weren't thinking about divorce. Were you thinking if I move out, we separate, and then we realize that like how dependent we are on each other? Yep. It was a kind of like a uh, uh, absence makes the Absolutely. heart grow fonder. Yeah, kind of, and just more of maybe she can find herself as well. She didn't. She didn't have. I mean, she didn't necessarily have a lot of friends or a lot of things she was doing in her life, but also I wanted her to be able to find herself. And man, the the minute I moved out and got into my own place, things were great. I mean, we still seen each other every day. We still seen each other every day and she would bring my daughter over all the time. And mm-hmm. it was like, there was nothing, everything was okay. But she would come into my apartment and first thing she would do is she would look around the whole place. I mean, she was opening closet doors and making sure there were no women's clothing there. There was no woman staying there. She went in my bathroom, make sure there's not another toothbrush or there's not another woman in the picture. And then once another woman came into the picture, then it totally changed. Right. <laughs> so, right. So how, how often do were you able to see your, your daughter and remind me of her name, Ava, Ava. Yep. How often were you able to see Ava after you had moved out? Anytime I wanted. Really? Okay. Anytime. Because I, the, where I was at in the apartment, and, and we we're right down the street from where they were at. So I think I was two and a half miles down the street from sure. where I moved out at. Sure. So a- anytime. I mean, she was there a lot because had the swimming pool and everything there. So she would come swimming all the time, pick her up from school. I'd keep her a lot of times to like nine, 10 o'clock at night and then take her back and drop her off. Well, I had dropped her off one night and there was a, weird car in the driveway where her mom was at and it was some guy her mom was seeing and I, I didn't give a shit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we're supposed to be working on things, but also still it's like, if this is what you're finding this, your next chapter, fine. So be it. And I just remember asking my daughter about it. And then it's like, as soon as you ask questions, you know, they get defensive. And so my ex-wife got defensive about it. And next thing I know, she was trying to come at me with a restraining order that then, but it didn't stick. But eventually she did get me with two of them, but <laughs> How, um, so was she dating someone first or did you start dating Nellie? She would have, she started seeing somebody first and I don't know. Okay. It was to, the way it was put to me is that he was a friend. He was over, he was a friend that's over there all night long that sleeps in the hey, same bed as her. So, and and this is, and I, <laughs> I just, it was my daughter telling me, she goes, well, dad, I got to listen to mom and her boyfriend have sex. And I had to sleep out in the other room because they want the bedroom and just all this shit I didn't want to hear. And so I hadn't even been dating Nellie by, by that point. I was talking to Nellie just as a normal, like coworker from mm. that's, I had no idea that she That's how it starts. had intentions of going further with that shit. And then as soon as she found out that I was dating Ellie, yeah, then it was Yeah. She was really pissed. Yeah. Um what how how did the relationship change when she found out that you were you were dating someone else? Instant like they say was it how's the saying go? Hell has no fur Fury like a woman's corn. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's where it came out, every bit of it. And it was trying to get me on anything legally to trying to, okay, she knew obviously what buttons she could do to put piss me off, the things that she could say, the text messages I've got. I still got text messages to this day that I printed out. And so, yeah, I'd get dumb and I'd say shit back, like, you know, 
well, fuck you, you fucking bitch. I'll, I'll whoop your fucking boyfriend's ass and I'll fucking cut your throat at the same time. Shit. Well, shit you shouldn't say. Shit you shouldn't say. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> well, on the back end, she's taking all this and going, okay, motherfucker, well, here we go. Restraining order time. So next thing I know, I'm at the apartment one day with Nelly and literally just got done smoking some weed and it stunk like weed in there and fucking boom, 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 a Polk County Sheriff deputy and they, they're to serve me. I'm like, what's this? And like we got threats in there there was nothing about like it was just threats about killing her and she was trying to get it to where like she said i was trying to kill her and my kid and she was afraid and she had said that i came into her apartment one time without her knowing all this and but it was that's when it all started it it didn't take long it was like the minute she knew i was seeing somebody else within two days two days and that was my own fault in the beginning because like i said she knew what buttons to push right right what uh how from the time that you moved out and let's say let's go back to the, the rumble and the time yeah. that that started and you moved out how long was it before you guys were officially you know divorced november got hit with the paperwork and that was the court date and then one official december i think it was december 13th later that year oh that's pretty fast actually very fast yeah. and she moved fast and her her sister had some connects and some people and I, I not, I don't know what the hell they did, but she helped her with a lot of stuff. And so by that time, November comes around when I'm getting hit with the divorce papers. When November came around, I was living with a friend on the North side of Des Moines in a, in a house. And I had received the paperwork in the, in the mail about it. And it was postmarked. Was it? it was postmarked like three days prior to that. Mm-hmm. So they, they had my updated address. They had to have my updated address for, you know, how it is when you go to court over all that, they have, to have everything. Of course. They have to have everything. So they knew where I was at and I got the papers three days later, missed the court date. So when the actual court date came up, they came, they came out, the, you know, out of the courtroom and they called my name three times. I wasn't there cause I didn't know the date and that's all it took. And then she got everything she wanted, full custody, everything. So, so then after the divorce, she gets full custody. Then how often are you seeing your daughter? Then it was set up to where it was up to her. So whatever she wanted to do. And what we had agreed on was every Saturday I would see her at Walker Johnson Park in Urbandale. Because that was where we used to go there a lot. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff you can do there. And she was comfortable with it. I was comfortable with it. And, and so her mom didn't, my ex, Carrie, didn't want to bring her. So we had a her dad, Ava's grandpa that would come there every Saturday for four hours. And he'd sit in his truck, read his book, take a nap, whatever. While Ava and I went and did shit. I mean, around the park and they had the baseball games and stuff going on. Cause they got all the ball fields and all that. So we go there and there'd be a bunch of other kids and go to the concession stands and everything. And then it was just, there was nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And then out of nowhere, she, Changed it up again. And then it was, well, no, we can't go to the park anymore. So then it was, you need to go through like a fucking therapist or whatever. You need to go through a therapist or somebody where you go to their office and they watch you spend time with your kid. Now, I mean, these people are treating me like I'm a fucking pedophile or something. I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) And this, but yeah, all all this shit happened at the same time, same time. But it went from then being able to see her every Saturday to non-existent. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Went a couple times to the office out in West Des Moines where you had to go. But after that, it was, she pulled the plug on that. It was like right around Thanksgiving of, 
think it had been 2018, 2019, 2018. It was when she pulled the plug on that. And she said it was because her insurance wouldn't pay for it no more. And if I had, if we had to pay for any more sessions, it had to be out of my pocket. And the rate was like 160 bucks. Like every time I'd have to go see my kid. Jesus. So it was just, this is information they're giving me. I didn't know how much of it was true or what they were fucking me. I mean, I, of course I tried to go through so many different outlets for help and nobody wants to fucking help. You know, I mean, even then nobody wanted to help for shit. So legal aid, shit like that. And, the thing that sucked is I had all my legal services through Wells that you pay for, and so did she. Mm-hmm. And Jeanette told me a long time ago when she was separating from her husband, Dave, and helped move her, them out, move her out. Yeah, that's fun. <clears throat> she told me back then, she goes, if this ever happens, she goes, use your legal services before she does. Because if yep. it's whoever invokes it first. Yep. And she invoked hers first. So all the thousands I had invested. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter. And that's why, that's how I wasn't able to get an attorney. I mean, I had the money I get from my parents that I used to get an apartment and get the fuck out of there, but they weren't going to surround and give me another 3000 for an attorney or anything like that. So Trevor, you're the only one at this table who hasn't been divorced. Um, I wouldn't, <laughs> I fucking wouldn't recommend it. It's, yeah. It's uh, not fun. Yeah. It's, it is not. Yeah. yeah. I, it is not a great time. No. You know, I don't, I don't know if she can hear me or anything, but um, please don't divorce me. Uh, your name is on both of our cars. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harvey would tell you that, too. I don't know if you get fault. Dude, it he's doesn't. Been, he's, he's been divorced twice. There's lost everything twice. There's yeah. there's there's goods and, and, and bads to all of that, because like in your situation, her name's on both the cars. You get divorced. She takes both the cars or um, all of your your name can be on all the shit and then she has no financial responsibility so then you get divorced and she's like fuck i don't want that have fun have fun going into debt that's that's what happened with us i had my car at the time and then when we separated she's like okay you can have the car i was like okay well the car brings a 350 dollars payment with it too and she's like, good fuck you i yeah. was like okay yep. that's uh See, that's the, how my credit got fucked. the the thing is i think if for whatever reason we were to get divorced which i don't think it's ever going to happen that's not wood. Yeah. Well, thanks. close enough. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Yep. We're good. <laughs> Aaron got it. <laughs> no, um, I don't think we'd ever get divorced. But I don't think you gotta Heather... gotta stop saying that out loud. <laughs> I don't think Heather would uh, be the type of person. And clearly, if you look at her past relationship, I don't think she'd be the type of person to just leave me high and dry. I think she would either transfer the car over in my name and I'd have to make the payments or she'd keep it in her name and I'd have to pay her in order to. Uh, That's good. That's a good quality person. I mean, Mark yeah. it. Oh, she's 21 minutes, 36 seconds into episode 30. So I can bring this up on five years from now, October 23rd of <laughs> when you're in a courtroom someday. PM. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, she's just that kind of person, though. Because like, the it's... thing is, like, second marriages, I'm hoping, again, knock on wood for me, second marriages are going to work better than the first. And it is her second marriage. So she knows what kind of, like, bullshit things to look out for. And she's like, hey, man, if you're not, you know, if you're not up to snuff, like, right. this is, this is, these are the, these are the red flags to look out for from my first marriage and i don't know him personally but from everything that i've heard sucks yeah so just don't suck 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's good advice. Sense. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, don't suck. Yeah. So, yeah, divorce. You get with <laughs> divorce sucks. You get with Nelly. Yes, and of course we'll we'll, we'll talk about this in and, and why that ended up not being great. <laughs> Looking back, yeah. hindsight being twenty twenty. Yes. Do you know when you get into that relationship that it is shit? No. Or <laughs> And and you're just like, this is the next thing after I'm divorced, so I'm going to work hard to make it work? Or or are you like, no, this is actually a good thing? The well, reason I'm asking is because like the first relationship that I got in yep. after I got divorced, or separated, I guess, legally separated, was like, I know this isn't good for me, but I just got divorced. <laughs> so optics being what it is, like I have to make this next relationship work. Or I just look like I'm I'm fucking really bad at relationships as a whole, right. and I don't want to admit that to the public. Right. Um. As as much as like, I, I I say that I don't give a shit about like public opinion. Yeah. It's well, I'm Facebook official with this new girl right after I got divorced, so like, <laughs> I better fucking make it work, or I'm gonna look stupid. Right. So, it was. Um, I, I think it was a, a mix of everything. In the beginning, I had no idea it was going to be so toxic. I had no idea of her substance abuse problem and that it was okay. And the guy she was with at the time, her fiance, like he was not that he was okay with it, but he had accepted it and he was already suffering being in a relationship with her and just putting up with it. I, had oh, no I forgot idea. she was engaged. Yeah. I, I had no idea that it was like that, that anybody cause, and she wasn't selling that to me at Wells. I mean, she sat right in front of me every day and I couldn't, I, I couldn't even tell that if, you know, she was sitting there doing math or whatever, if she was, she wasn't acting erratic or a certain way or I had no idea. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty genuine. I mean, I know like, like in the beginning within the first couple of weeks, I guess that puppy do, puppy love stage or whatever. But then I go to her house one night while she's still technically, I mean, she's living out with her fiance and she busts out a meth pipe. I'm like, wait a minute, this is kind of, <laughs> and, and I, I knew at that time that that was involved. I didn't know it was involved in her life every day, all day. And that it was a way of life. And then once we moved in together, then it, that really came up. So it, it didn't take long. It all hit pretty quick. But it was it was when we started living together is when seeing how much control that had on, on her. Now, did you feel stuck in that relationship when you found that out? Like, like... I know, I know. Starting out in a relationship, you you kind of have a an idea of that being a possibility of, of things happening, which you kind of you said you knew. Yeah. Um, after and, after we got together, yeah, I didn't know before. Like, if I would have known that shit going in before, I would have had nothing to do with her. <laughs> sure. So, do, so going back, uh, did you feel stuck in in the relationship after you realized? Shit, this is a constant. I I did to a degree. I knew that I didn't need anybody else to depend on. I knew I could get my own place to do my own thing. And I actually had another guy that was living with us. We moved out to Altoona to Hmm. this place out there and had another guy that worked with the Wells Fargo that was living with us also as a roommate. And so I knew I didn't need her. So I wasn't necessarily stuck, but going back to like what Austin said, you're trying to kind of, you're still trying to kind of make that relationship work. Cause you don't want to, you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to be this guy that sucks at relationships. But then you also take a step back and you go, but 
she's a, she's a meth head, so it's not me sucking at relationships. It's her wanting to do meth and this and this. And I think still just trying to not really change her, but hoping that maybe this isn't part of everyday life and that we move out to a nice area and get her away from certain people and certain this and this. Maybe shit's going to change. And it, it didn't. It just it got worse. So then, it was, so then I knew probably for the good last two months we were together that, I mean, it wasn't going nowhere. It was over. And I didn't want this life at all. Like, How long were you with her? It was like six months, six, seven months. I felt like three years. <laughs> <laughs> I know that when I I was in a relationship in 2018 – after my divorce, before I met who I'm with now and getting yep. married to, um, she was into some things that I was not into, but then getting with her, it's like, Hey, this is like this thing that you're, you're into. So now I'm, I'm into it too. And then you kind of get trapped into <laughs> doing these drugs you'd never tried before right. and, um, hanging out with these people, these types of people that you would never, never hang out with if you weren't, right. you know, um, if you didn't know them by this, this association, right. um, her, her issues with substances, is that something that you got trapped into, got sucked into as well, just being around that environment? To a degree. Cause there was, there was a lot in the beginning where it was, okay, you know, take a little bit of this. I mean, even if you're not smoking or whatever, even if you're just eating it, you know, ingesting it, it's, cause it was party, 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 go, go, go. But when I found myself at the wrong dope houses on this certain side of town, I was certain people in bad situations. Like I, I, like, I don't want to be here. Like I grew up around it because of my dad and my brother and my brother spent, you know, almost 10 years in prison over it and how much it impacted my life. I knew that I could, if I was going to sit down, somebody's going to hand me some meth and I did it. I know I can control myself. I'm not going to get addicted and walk away. Not that I want to do meth, but it was, started one night where we're out partying and it's like to keep the party going, boom, here you go. And then it was just, and it was just, then it was every day seeing how she ran. I mean, full hundred miles per hour every day, all day. And it was, I mean, if you're, it was drinking, partying, anything under the sun. I mean, there was a point where we're spending $4,000 a week. Jesus Christ. On just partying. Shit. And that was, I, I, Literally, I'm and I'm I'm not a big like I don't know, not a big God person or anything like that. But I'd never had time in my life where I woke up in my apartment, I looked at the ceiling texture, and I said, "Don't thank God I'm fucking alive because yeah. of what we did last night, what we did the night before, when we've been running six days doing this." And it's like, holy shit, my heart hasn't given out by now. It's like, but where? <laughs> where is this money coming from for this? <laughs> so I was still working at Wells. So I, I was doing well and I, and I had some money and she always had money. She was working. She was working at Wells once in a while. She was missing a lot of time. And then she was always doing some type of scandalous shit during the day. If I was working during the day, get off work, meet her, her before we moved out to Altoona, we were staying at her parents' house for a while. And she just, had ways of coming up with money and come to find out that she had done a lot of different movies. I guess you'd want to call it. Uh, she was used to, she was used to making a thousand dollars a day and spending a thousand dollars a day partying. And yeah. that was the stripper life. And I realized that how in 
how deep in the game she was until we went to where she used to strip one night. And mm-hmm. then it was like, holy shit, this is real. I mean, everybody here knows her. The, this money's real. This party life's real. There's in here people throwing thousands and thousands of dollars around. And as long as you're here to party, money's not a problem. Money's mm-hmm. not a problem at all. You can always make money. And it's all about the experience. And it would just, it was like, I, I didn't realize how far that rabbit hole went. It being like if you're a stripper and all, I mean, I know there's a party life that comes with it and everything, but literally when she said, I spend a thousand dollars a night to party and get my thing on, that's what she fucking meant it. <laughs> I know we had talked. Um, so this happened 2017 is when we went to San Antonio. Yep. And then by January of 2018, this had already ended. Yeah. So what what was the the straw that broke the camel's back for you? What was the like? I gotta get the fuck out of this. It would have been. So I we lived out in Altoona and I had suspicions that she was seeing somebody behind my back. It was actually her drug dealer, and it's someone that she had known ever since she was like sixteen when she first got in the game. Mm-hmm. And so a couple friends from Wells Fargo, Kelsey and Alicia, if you, if yeah, you guys remember, yeah, of I mean, they lived in the building right across from my building. And this, this is while they're still building this apartment complex and they're still putting buildings up and everything. And so I'm working out in West Des Moines at Wells, <clears throat> working in, out in West Des Moines at Wells, living in Altoona. So it's 25 minutes, you know, every way to there and home. So I have a suspicion that she's cheating on me and Kelsey and them, they weren't working at the time. So I told them, I said, you know, watch, watch my building. There's this certain truck that pulls up this red pickup. Let me know, take a picture first and then let me know. And it wasn't 90 minutes later. I got a, I remember sitting at my desk at Wells and I get this picture on my cell phone and it's the red truck. And you get that wave of adrenaline that just comes over you of like anger, but also like, you can't believe what the fuck you're seeing right now, but you also knew in your gut that you were right. And so it was like, I had this, this rush and I got up and I went and told my boss, Jose, I went and told my boss, I said, I got to go. He already knew he was already kind of briefed on what had been going on with her. Not everything, but he knew that there were times that I had to leave. And this was one of those times. And so I remember getting in the car and just flying to Altoona. I get to Altoona and I park at the end of the building. kind of like how the building's set up here. I park at the end of the building, use my little security thing, buzz in, and I go upstairs and just go sneaking down the hallway. And when I pulled in, he had been pulling out the other, because there was two entries. There was Mm -hmm. one that I came in, I came in on the backside. He's pulling out on the front side. He didn't see me. So I come sneaking up to the apartment, use my little key fob to open it up, open the door. She's standing right there. And she looks like she just got caught with her hand in the cookie jar. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? It's the middle of the day. And I, I just lost it. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, who the fuck was that? And who the fuck was just here? Blah, blah, blah. She's well, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. And all this and started making me, you're crazy. And I'm going to call the cops if you're acting like this. And so I walk in the bedroom and I said, why is there a giant fucking wet spot on the bed right now? I said, did you, I said, you guys just get done fucking. I said, that's what I said. That's what this is. I said, this is, I said, this has happened more than once. I said, I've got pictures. I got proof that he was here. So I show her the proof. And then it went from, that immediately to I smoke pot and there's pot in the house and now I'm this and I'm this and she's going to go tell the cops. So next thing I know, here comes the Altoona police. She went down to the Altoona police station, walked in there high off her ass off meth and 
they said they knew as soon as she got there that there was something wrong with her because how erratic her behavior was. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't take her glasses off or anything. And they asked her at the police station if she was on anything. And she told them no. And they told her, they said, if you have anything on you and you brought it in here, you, you know, you're setting yourself up for your own charge. So she sent the cops there, I think three times. But this first time in particular, these, I think there were two lady cops that came and they were the ones that tell me that. And they're like, do you have any pot in the house? And I said, no, I don't have any pot in the house. And had it somewhere else, but <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, was like, I, I, was like I, I don't have it in the house. I said, you guys are more than welcome to check. And they're like, well, she's pretty erratic anyhow. So, you know, we don't know what to, to believe with her, blah, blah, blah. But that was when, I, like I always told her, I said, everybody always with, I mean, I was with my ex-wife for 20 years and she never called the cops on me one time. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's like a deal breaker. You don't call the cops. And, even before then, when, right. when I knew she was fucking around on me, I mean, I knew for, I knew it was coming, but I just, not even that I needed that hard concrete proof, but I had my, my proof, my evidence, my fuck out of here. And then she came out. There was like the last night that we were together. It was like the day after the cops had come out and we decided to go to this bar in Altoona, sit out on the patio and talk about our, our, our issues and what it, you know, she's trying to be, she wasn't drunk. She wasn't on anything. She'd gotten some sleep and we're trying to talk our issues out. And I told her like, well, I, I like, I can't trust you. Like I, this is why we're not going to work and blah, blah, blah. Ended up going back to our apartment fucking like rabbits. And then as soon as we had done, she left and went over to her drug killer's house and that was it. <laughs> have you, have you spoken what to her since you guys broke up? Have I have contact? not. She tried to reach out to me a couple of years ago on Facebook. I didn't even answer. Her. Um, I was working at Casey's in Ankeny for a while. She came in there one day with her new man, and I she didn't see me. I seen her, and I just I, I ducked behind the wall, <laughs> type of thing. So I've, I've done that a few times. I moved back. I moved back to the Des Moines area in 2018, May of 2018. So my my wife and I separated. She moved to Des Moines. Had a no contact order. Um, was working through the divorce process. Yeah. Uh, things did not go well with the girl that I'm dating. We were together for like four months, five months. And I come down and I was supposed to go to a wrestling event with Zach Seward. And I think with you, maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I get a hold of Zach and I say, hey, I'm not coming. Um, and I end up getting in touch with my ex-wife and she was like, let's try to make this work. We're going to fucking sell our house in Ralston, that brick house that you came to. And she was like, let's try to make it work. And so we fucking tried to make it work. And uh, that took all of about a week. And we were like, it's not going to work, but you're here. So let's figure that out for the kids. Right. We'll, we'll be, we'll be separated um we'll move forward with the divorce we're not romantically involved but you can continue to live here and have a relationship with the kids um i go to another wrestling event and i'm sitting there helping set up the ring and get everything ready and i get this text randomly from nelly and she's like hey i heard you move back um let's hang out and uh i go sure uh, next time i'm free and she goes what are you doing right now oh, and i was like I guess I'm leaving this fucking wrestling event. And so I go and I get dinner with her. And I, she's like, pick me up at this address. And so I pick her up. Um, she looks like she hasn't slept for days. Yeah. And uh, 
we go out to eat and uh she is like like very affectionate like the whole way um we get to this parking garage you take an elevator down she's like trying to like she's like grabbing at me in the elevator and i was like this is not what i thought this was and then we go to it's called city trends yes a fucking clothing store yeah uh in the ghetto and uh she's like can you buy me an outfit and i was like no i was like why and she's like okay and then then she gets pissed off at me then and then she's like we can just fucking take me home then and so i start driving back to the same address and she was like no no no, i met this other place and we have this conversation and i'm i'm trying to like just reconnect with her because i haven't seen her in three three and a half years uh since i left and and moved away from uh and, and left wells fargo and so i'm like what i How's like this friend, this mutual friend that we had at Wells Fargo, or these friends that you uh, hung out with? And um, and then I asked her like, "How's your daughter?" And she was like, she did not want to answer that question at all. So um, I I drop her off, and she was like, "Well, this is where my this is where my kid is." And I was like, "Okay." And so I see this very old guy come out. Probably, I, I mean. He, I was in my 20s at the time. He had to have been like in his late 60s, okay. early 70s. And I don't know what her dad looks like. like. We're not that close, but I would know like her family. Yeah. So I was like, okay, her kid, she says her kid's here. This is where she wants me to drop her off. It's this older guy. I'm trying to put two and two together. And I'm like, oh, this must be like her dad. You remember it was in Valley Junction where you dropped her off? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. It was probably her her dad's house. Her well, dad's some guy house. some guy came out. I was like, "That's your dad," and she goes, "No, that's my boyfriend." I was like, "Oh, well, okay." <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't talked to her. I haven't actually talked to her since, but like, I'm still friends with her on Facebook, and she posts very rarely. Yeah, but like, I see that she had another yeah child. Yeah, so hopefully she's doing better. Um, I guess she got her first child taken away, and now she's old that's enough. What I. I don't know if she's got her back now or what the case is, but that's just because Alicia and them, they seen her at a KFC back around then, around 2018, 2019 on the South Side. And she was all tore up and she told them that she lost her kid. And Yeah. But yeah. I I just remember, so before you, like years before you had dated her, like her and I had a, had a fling and I was actually still sleeping with her when I was also sleeping with the girl that I got pregnant and then ended up marrying. So... That's why that relationship with relationship right. in air quotes with Nelly ended is because, yeah, is because she found out that I got Kaylee pregnant and right. then <clears throat> caused a scene in the office when we were still downtown. Okay. When you're still downtown. Um, but so we, we went and hung out and we went to somewhere in West Des Moines. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. It was downtown and her daughter, it was on a weekend and it was right before we opened the West Des Moines building. So okay. I remember going out there and driving around the campus with her, and I was like, oh, this is where we're going to work. Yeah. You're talking about Jordan Creek? Yeah. Yeah. So we were still downtown at the time, still working downtown. is before we would, had moved to West Des Moines. Um, and we went out to dinner, not, not dinner, went out to lunch somewhere downtown, and she had her daughter with her. Her daughter was probably through two, two and a half, almost three. And still in like diapers or pull-ups or whatever, shit herself. And I'm like, you can take care of that. And she's like, I didn't bring you diapers with me. And I was like, okay. And so, and then she was like, do you want to, do you want to smoke? And I was like, you're 
daughter's in the back seat. And so that was just like a little, I mean, I obviously wasn't as deep as she, you were into that, but like, it was just like, she literally what are knew you doing? I, I had a problem with the meth and one of the things at the very end when we're out at our apartment out soon. And it reminded me like a lot of this, the way it was set up and everything is she knew I, it was not allowed in the home anymore. Like this wasn't something like I, I may have partied with her with it back, you know, months prior to that when sure. we were doing the hardcore partying, but now we're in a place where we're established. We're trying to put a fucking life together. Some, some capacity and we got to talking and literally had a kitchen like this where I was on the kitchen side of the bar and she asked me one night she goes well what would you do what, what would you do if I told you I had a little bit on me I was like on you like in the house she, yeah and I, was, and I played it chill and I just said oh well you know, it was just her and I were there a roommate wasn't there a kid wasn't there nothing I said well you know it was like it was a Friday or Saturday night. I said well it's the weekend you know live it up or whatever She's like, so you're, you're, you won't be mad if I go get it. And I said, no, no, I'm blind. Obviously I, I yeah. want to see what the fuck's up. So she gets up, she's sitting on like the bar side on the bar, on the stool, gets up, goes in her kid's room. And there's this oh, like no. three tiered no. thing that you pull out, like you put clothes or toys in or whatever. And she pulls out the second drawer and reaches in and pulls out her dope and brings it out to the bar. And she was unraveling it. And I'm looking, I was like, I was like, do you have that in there in your kid's room? And she's, oh yeah, she's not, she's not here. Nobody's going to know. Blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, well, you know, you want to go do something? Cause like you go off this way was our bedroom. And then there was a master bath off of that. And that's usually like where she liked to hang out, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh yeah, come on, I'll come with you. I said, here, I said, let me see it. So I said, I want, you know, I want to see how, how good it is and everything. And so we're, as we're walking through our bedroom, going into the bathroom, I'm walking right up to the toilet and I'm going to throw it <laughs> into the toilet and she sees me. And as soon as I go to throw it, she hits my hand and it goes poof oh, like, like a cloud. and it comes down all over the toilet and all over around the, the base of the toilet. She starts screaming and freaking out and she gets down there with her hand and she's scraping off the toilet seat and she's down on the ground doing the same thing, trying to get it all. I mean, there's, dried piss and pubic hair and whatever else on the floor yeah. that she, and I was like, it's like, this is sad. Like, this is sad. Like I was going to, I was going to flush it. She knew I was going to flush it. And it just, I was like, this, this is fucking sad. Like not only do we not need to be together, but you need help. Like, I feel like I need to get you help, but I wanted to ask you another question about her, her daughter's room, because when we, when we met in January, 2018, for Wrestle Kingdom, you would come up and you had talked about a time when apparently she had owed people money. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, absolutely. At her first apartment, when I met her, where she had been living with her fiance. So after we were, I guess, technically dating and he had moved out, got his shit out and we were still staying there for a while until she couldn't pay anymore, which was only, I mean, a couple weeks. And so she had got fronted. I don't remember, it was like eight ball, something like that. Large, large amount of math and didn't have the money for it. And the person without I'm not trying to say certain names, but <laughs> the, per, the person that she was getting it from, she'd been dealing with for a long time, mm -hmm. long, long time dealer. And they told her, they said, need the money or need something, need our money. Yeah. We're coming for our money. And they'd been blowing her up, blowing her up, blowing her up. And all she wanted to do was go to bed. So she told me she's, let's go to bed. And it's getting late and everything. And, 
So we go in and we go to bed and I just, she would always take her phone and put it under her pillow, which, you know, like, first of all, like, why, who the fuck goes to bed and puts their phone under their pillow? I mean, unless you're cheating, you're hiding. I mean, come on, you're, not, you're hiding something. I so when I was single. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, I mean, you know, unless you get some other reason, but so I just keep hearing her phone going off and she's got on silence, but you can hear it vibrating yeah, everything. And finally, mm-hmm. she, yeah. And so finally she picks it up one other time and I can hear her friend on the other line and she's like, we're coming. We're almost there. You better have our fucking money, blah, 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 blah. So I hear it and I said, what? And so she hangs up on her and I said, what's going on? I said, you can't lie to me about this shit. What is going on right now? She's like, well, she's like, they're coming and they need the money, blah, blah, blah. I said, how much? And it was like, I was like two, 250 bucks, something like that. So it couldn't have been five minutes later, knock at her door. Boom, boom, boom. And she's like, can you go answer it? I'm not gonna go fucking answer. I ain't getting what, shot. Yeah, what am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> not my circus, not my monkey. So I'm, I'm not gonna go answer it. So then we both get up and go out of the bedroom, and she walks up to the people and she looks out, and the lights out, and it wasn't out before. Well, like I said, my brother was my brother did a lot of bad shit for a long time. It's been a long time incarcerated, and at one time I I've had to do a lot of bad shit myself and learn. A lot of bad shit from him. Not like kill anybody. <laughs> Anyhow, without saying too much, if you ever get a knock on your door and you know your fucking porch light works, if you ever get a knock on your door, especially somebody who's you know who's coming to collect money or anything, and all of a sudden you look at your people and your light's not working anymore, that's a good indication somebody started to do something bad to you. So I knew that as soon as she looked out there, she knew it. She looked through the people and she goes, there's two people out there. I can't tell who it is. I just see the figures of them and they unscrewed my light. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So then she opened up the door. She opens up the door, Uh. lets them in. It's the, it's the girl and the guy that's with her and blah, blah, blah. And instantly he had something in his hand. I don't know if it was like a bat or like almost looked like a little sawed off and, so the girl and her go into the bedroom because she wants to see how much dope's left. Mm-hmm. And there's like hardly any left. And so they start flipping out. And the guy looks at me. I'm standing in the kitchen. The guy looks at me and he's like, did you do any of my dope? Blah, blah, blah. I said, I don't touch that stuff. I said, the only thing, I said, I smoke weed. <laughs> I said, that's it. I said, my weed's right here. That's it. And uh, he goes, well, I'm going out to tell blah, 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 the head guy who drove them up there who was out in the parking lot, I guess, in the truck. He's like, I'm going to go tell him right now. You guys don't have our fucking money. And he goes, and we're we're either going to come back or he's coming back with us and he's going to handle this or we're coming back to get something worth value. So this dude leaves and I'm like, the girl comes out in the meantime. She goes out with him and I tell, got like three minutes it feels like. And I'm telling Nellie, I'm like, you need to figure something out. These people are coming back possibly to fucking kill us you have no window here that i can go jump out of or anything and her daughter was her, i think her, her daughter was there in her room in her own room and so they come back and they said well whatever the fuck his name was he like he said if you don't have the money we want something of value so she's like well what are you going to take of value so the guy walks into her daughter's room immediately and grabs a tv like size of that tv or so is what her daughter had in there just snatches it up, everything attached to it, all the cords and everything. He's like, we're going to take this. And they took, I think she had a bigger TV in her living room and there was something else. And they just took what the fuck they wanted and they said, this will work. But they said, we'll be back. (laughs) We'll be back. So it was just, 
the, the situations that I was in with her, I never should have been in those situations. I've been in enough of those situations in my life that it was like, fuck that. But yeah, they came in, they took what they wanted and they, no, nobody's going to stop them. I mean, they, they would have killed us both. Mm-hmm.